Thank you, Lord. You're the ever-present living God, Father, Son, Spirit. Where we are, you are. Where you are, we are. Here, through this week, precisely the same person at home and everywhere. You're there. You've unveiled yourself to so many hearts and lives through the world and you're unveiling yourself through us to others in the world. So we thank you for the, your manifested presence these hours, these days. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Well, it's been a, a blessing and inspiration to share the joy and love and freedom and praise and fellowship and worship in this liberated bunch. <laughs> I meant body, I'm sorry. With the Lord in us and among us. Uh, my um, uh, purpose uh, through these hours we've had together uh, as I quoted from the scriptures at the beginning was that maybe uh, we are all, who are already his saints may have the eyes of our understanding enlightened we may understand and know a little more uh, or as it was quoted also from Acts um, we might know the way of God more perfectly so we've been seeking, haven't we, to um, look into from the revelation of God's word what the way of God is more perfectly. And we've found that wonderful way to be uh, his purpose of eternity to bring into being a vast family of sons through his own son and to level those sons up with his own son as brethren to give them the inheritance of the, age, of, of, the, of the universe and by his sons to be his living manifested itself by his living manifested self the lover father by the lover sons and if it be so established us in himself that that's just how we live so we're not getting we are we're not a getting people we are being people we're not becoming people, we're, be we're being people we're in this living relationship. And so we trace how, um, that in order that we might know ourselves as, as who we are, we've had to go through these processes. The process of uh, being the wrong kind of person. And then having been disillusioned about being the wrong kind of person, he himself, who created us, uh, who, who always was to, is, is the, the head of his church besides the fact that he's the head of the universe uh, himself came as one of us identified himself with us uh, entered into our sufferings and then by his act of death uh, cut us off from this false spirit of error which had um, distort, distorted our humanity and in his resurrection relate us to himself to begin the true life of being the true person we find the beginning of that true person has been, as we moved in by faith, his witness that we were his, we were redeemed, 
sin blotted out, uh, dead to sin, alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ, related to him as Saviour, Lord, and God as Father. And then we were led on to see that there was a, a, um, a, a final misunderstanding of the human self from which we have to be delivered that we may operate in the right understanding of how a human self operates and we find that was the the illusion of being an independent self which we picked up from Satan and when we're in Christ it's an illusion we're not an independent self in Christ we're a self which is really his his self expressed by myself in the union but not knowing that we, we, we go we, as redeemed people we went through the phase of, of the illusion of independent self which in the Bible is put in the terms of Romans 7 when we're seeking to live the, the, the renewed life of the spirit in us uh, by our own independent acts until we find become uh, uh, disillusioned on that level also and we discover that uh, the uh, the uh, appearance of an independent self in Redeemers is an illusion. There's no such thing. And therefore the, the, the last sin we, we, we commit really is trying to be good instead of trying to be bad because trying is independent self. And so this second break takes place. Second recognition uh, that um, uh, what we really are is not an independent self but a, 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 a union self, a united self which the real self is, is not we but Christ. And we um, uh, move in again by faith uh, into the recognition that uh, forever now our life is never we again. It is actually this living person expressing himself by us. And we enter into this consciousness of union. And we live by a consciousness because when we've got a consciousness, it's, it's, it's we. And in that, in that sense, we never really need a, a blesser outside because he's the blesser forever inside. Well, we're so blessed, we're a blessing now. See, God, from the very beginning, said Abraham, I bless you and make you a blessing. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Uh, dear friend came to me last night said, will you bless me? Well, I said, I tell you, you've got the blessing inside you, so you don't need my blessing. He's forever your blessing. You see, we enter into a new relationship. We don't need the outside. We don't need for fellowship and joy and friendship, but not, not for, uh, for an increase. Maybe for confirmation, not for, not for greater reality. You can't have a great reality. You can't have a greater reality. You are Christ in human flesh. Can you have greater than that? You are the living Christ in human flesh. You're the living God expressed by your humanity. That's what this vine and branch union means. A branch is the vine expressed in its branch form. And we are the vine expressed in our branch form. So what's the Lord seeking to set us into? Um, a permanent conscious relationship. Um, in which there never is, a, never is a lack again. The, as we sought to explain, uh, the lacks, lacks come through our, our soul reactions. Our soul is not our spirit. Our spirits are inner self, which is united to his self. So our real inner self, joined to the Lord, one spirit, is he and we, and it's he, and yet it's we, and it's oneness. Now in the soul life we get disturbances. And so we may feel dry or feel cold or feel we need renewal. We never need a renewal, permanent renewal is here. What do I need renewal for? I never need a drink of the, I never need an external drink of the living water, living water's here. I never need a further food, a bite of the bread, the bread's here. The recognition, this person is the eternal bread. 
is the eternal light is the eternal life he's the all and so we're, we're moving to I am life not the I want life not the I need life I always like to change that hymn I need thee or I need thee when I sing it I whisper to myself I have thee or I have thee thank you <laughs> there's no I need uh, you need what you haven't got you have what you have got so we move into a having life an aming life an ising life a being life and you'll find as you read through the scriptures it emphasizes this, this, this the, the, the present fact of who we are who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places who hath raised us up together with him who hath seated us in heavenly places has put us far above the, uh, this, this satanic power and so on and so on so again I'm always stressing all I am is my inner consciousness I am my inner self that's all I am my inner knowing self I operate always from my knowing self and this is what this is what this revelation has moved us into the knowing self uh, first of all knowing I'm a saved self which has brought me into a relationship that's the first step the, the justified relationship I'm a knowing I'm a saved self I'm a forgiven self I'm an accepted self I'm a cleansed self but there's a little tendency remain of self and he because I'm just beginning so I, I, I see myself as a cleansed and redeemed and accepted and loved self and a member of the family of God but it's rather a little bit I'm here and I'm in the family and he's here and he's, he's there and he's there uh, that's, that still leaves, leaves us as we point out in this, in this danger, dangerous of the idea well I'm still an independent self and that's what I said how we go through area when we try to work it by ourselves when we have to the second revelation somehow that uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the real self is not I the real self is a union a tremendous fact a union a tremendous fact a union uh, a fine and branch a unity head and body a unity uh, and then don't you, you understand when this sinks into my consciousness I live by my consciousness as I kept telling you day by day you operate your profession because you're conscious not because you, you've got something out there because you know how to practice medicine you know how to cook you know how to teach it's become you it's become a consciousness you, live, you operate your profession or run your home whatever it is at ease because you know how to do it not because of the materials outside but because the knowing is inside and you're, the, the knower uses the materials and you're at home in your cooking or your teaching or uh, secretarial work or engineering whatever it is that's knowing and so we've seen that this is this is the um, uh, what um, what is what is the fact about us? What is the fact about us? Uh, that that um, uh, we are in an, uh, an, um, um, uh, this um, indescribable relationship um, in which the the human is the um, uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, c uh, the container, the, the manifester of the, of the deity um, and, we've, and, we, and we've changed deities uh, we were manifestors of the spirit of error as the Bible says according to the course of this world we manifest the spirit of error so we were compulsively self-centered we couldn't be anything else because the spirit of error is the spirit of Satan who is the spirit of self-centeredness so we were compulsively I for, I for me and everything was geared around that whether it was good works or bad works was I for me and that union has been changed. All the Gospels is change of union. All the Gospels is change of union. Change of, change of, of if you regard yourself as a vessel, of course a vessel is not a perfect illustration because a vessel and what's in it are not one. They're two separate entities. But it's a stepping stone, if you like. It's a change of what's in the vessel. That's a scriptural, scriptural description. Because in Romans 9 it says, everybody's a vessel. What's in the vessel? You're either a vessel of wrath 
or a vessel of mercy. A vessel of wrath is a human that contains the deity through whom wrath comes, the false god, the god of this world. The vessel of mercy is the same human who contains the, 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 uh, the deity by whom mercy and, and, and all God's fullness comes, Jesus Christ. So all the gospel is, is change of, change of God, not change of you. And if you're, uh, and when we enter into this new relationship, you're a new person, not because you're new, your humanity remains the same. That's by how God gets out. God gets out through our humanity. If we hadn't got appetites, factors, abilities, God couldn't get out. Equally, that's why we can be tempted, because our privilege is, is to be on the level with the world. So that doesn't change. But what has changed is the deity within us, uh, and when it becomes a consciousness, it becomes an ease. And you never go outside yourself. Technically, you never need prayer again. Technically, you never need the Bible again. Our father, in faith, had no Bible. But he walked with God. That was Abraham. He had no Bible. He walked by an inner consciousness of an inner person. And he's our father. So don't try and be bigger than your father. Enoch walked with God and knocked us all because he never, he never remained down here at all. He popped up. He was not. For God took him. So you see, technically, you don't even need a Bible or prayer. Because you are you. A Bible is an agency by which I can find I am who I am. And be thrilled to find a little more about who I am and how I operate and how he operates by me. That's all the Bible is. It's an agency to, 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 to reveal to me or remind me who I am, which is I'm not I. I'm the living God in one of his human expressions. Uh, prayer is the same thing. Prayer isn't to get something. Prayer is, uh, uh, in its one form, a recognition. Isn't it wonderful? Can it really be? Uh, I live... Life I now live in the fellowship by the, him who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah, that's my hope. That's why we have a personal Jesus. We know what God is because he's like Jesus and Jesus loved. Therefore you love. You, so the prayer is partly to, to help us to refresh ourselves. And the fact is this is a real fact. It really is. A, 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 quite a, a, apart from what appearances, feelings don't go by feelings. Feelings, may, you may feel absolutely blank. Uh, but uh, So prayer may refresh us in who we are. You see, there's a hidden secret you can see it. You see, um, I mean, I'll get this over to you. You can't see an absolute, an unlimited universe. You'll only be part of it. You'll only see the universe by something which isn't universal, which exposes it. Uh, one is, is known as one because it's a two kind of thing. Now, you see, we move back into universal. We're universal. We're part of the universal one. So there's a sense in which you don't even know God. You are he. Do you get it? So you can know about him, you can think about him. That's not what you think about him, uh, that's, that's it, but that's not it. You are he. He and I are one person. And you don't really know yourself, you are yourself. You know yourself, you just say, I am. You may know a little about yourself, but who, who I am, that's all. But my new I am is, I am, I am, yes I am, but this is Christ here. It's Christ expressed by me, that's the I am, the, the union I am. So really, knowing Christ, is, knowing God, even beyond conscious knowing, it's just being. And ultimately God has to get us there, because if it's by conscious knowing, why oh, do I know him? Is he here? Then you get frightened. Is he gone? Is he lost? And often, you know, we come to conferences to get what we already have, which is rather silly. He may help us. We come to conferences to get what we, we ought to, we ought to come to rejoice in what we have, not get it. We oughtn't to come to conferences to get refreshed. We ought to come to conferences so refreshed, we're going to be co-refreshers of each other. See, we mustn't, uh, uh, somehow, patiently, God's got to get us off the outer into the inner. And the outer is, as if I'm a separate person, I've got to have this, got to have that, need this. And then I'm in my difficulties, and I'm in and out. But uh, 
Uh, the inner is a, is, a, is a fixed fact. And so patiently God has to teach us. Come back to the fixed fact. Uh, you can't have more. This living person is you. He's the all. You really are the universe, because he's the universe, so the universe is inside you, really. We've all. And so we've got to learn, he's the all, he's the wisdom here, he's the power, he's the life, he himself, he's the love, he's the all, and begin to be conscious. That's what I am therefore. I'm the all. I'm the love because I'm for, I'm expression of Christ in me. I'm the power, I'm expression of Christ in me. I'm the wisdom because I'm expression of Christ in me. This is the union. This is this is this is what the revelation is is, is here for. Because you see, uh, and to be permanently a person, uh, detached myself, uh, uh, involved in other things. I can't be involved in other things if I'm attached to myself. When I'm detached from myself, I can be involved in other people. That's the whole principle. God's detached from himself. God's not caring about himself. He's himself. He's busy giving himself. He's busy being a lamb that's slain. He's busy pouring himself out. He hasn't got time to think about himself because he just is himself, that's all. So he doesn't think about that. When you know who you are, you're detached from who you are and you can give yourself to others. When you're finding out who you are, you've got to come back all the time and have to be quite sure who you are. And fuss around it. So God's purpose is to teach us to, 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 to be, be defussed. <laughs> and to cease to fuss. Uh, and the way, the way not to fuss is the faith which, which constantly recognizes. The greatest word I know is recognition. See, recognition is recognizing a fact. It's, it's what faith is. See, faith, as I might say, disappears and becomes recognition. Uh, what I mean is this. I've put it to you before. Now, by faith you say, I'll come into this room. Now, you're not in the room yet, but your faith believes there is a room. Your faith, your faith is your choice. I choose, I go to that room. So your faith is, there's a room, there's a meeting, I'm going there. All right, your faith, your faith is by faith taken, the fact of a room. You haven't got there yet. Uh, now, uh, um, when, uh, when you come in this room, you don't say, I believe I'm in the room, do you? I am in the room. Faith dissolves and becomes fact. Faith always dissolves and becomes fact. Uh, I take Jesus. That dissolves. You've got him. Oh, he's mine. You've changed faith for fact. You see what I mean? And uh, so that's why the best word for faith is recognition. Because it's not getting. It's, oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. So there's a certain element in this life, and that's sometimes where worship is valuable and prayer, to, to, to uh, refresh me in my recognition. Refreshment, recognition. And I'm going to learn to recognize the fact, and the whole pressures around, <coughs> around me are to teach me to recognize. The negative presses you into the positive. If a thing is too bitter, you work at it to make it sweet. If, it, if a bed's too soft, you work at it to make it too hard, you work at it to make it, too, uh, make it softer. Life is, the negative forces you into, uh, uh, into replacing it by the positive. If, if a thing's rough, you, you work at it to make it more smooth. If things ugly, you work at it to make it more, more beautiful. That's what life is. So all our negatives here are to press us into our recognition. Not getting something, recognizing something. So all our temptations and all our problems are to give us chance, our chance to say, ah, 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 I, don't, I, I feel like hell this morning. I don't love God a bit. Uh, and God loves you, to be honest. If you don't love him, be busy telling him. The best kind of prayer you can pray is to come and say, God, I don't love you a bit this morning. Take that. And God says, oh, I like that. Now you're honest. I'll show you who you are. You're, I'm you in me. I'm you. you find you love me because your love's in me. I, my love's in you. So you see, uh, you're honest. And, uh, so you just, uh, these outer pressures, whatever kind they be upon us, but they, they are, they are they're the negative which presses into the recognition. I recognize facts are facts are facts if I die they're facts. 
So he slayed me until I trusted him. That's the facts. So that's really the, the, the basis of this. Now, as I say, when we're, when we're released from um, uh, fi uh, finding out the facts about ourselves and settling in the facts about ourselves, we're released then to, to um, uh, be a, a, an agency for, for, for bringing these facts to other, other lies. That's this third level. That's this th father level. When you're freed, you know who you are, you're Christ in you, you're God in you, now you're with God, you're, you're operating, and how, how he manifests himself through you. And that's why we talked a little yesterday about um, um, the absurdity of external faith. Internal faith is absurd enough to believe I'm not either Christ, that's absurd enough, but for the word of God, but for the revelation of Jesus Christ, who's going to believe that? That's why those who haven't got Jesus Christ don't find God. In transcendental meditation, you don't find God. Because you only find God because he's been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And he's made the Father, the living Father to us. And so through him you know him. But, uh, um, the, the, so that's absurd enough faith. When I move and say, he is my Lord, who says so? He is my Savior. I, uh, and when you say, uh, I'm a former him, you're saying something. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> See, but the Bible says that. You, you say those things. Now, that's absurd. But we move on to the great absurdity of faith when you begin to operate with God in everything. And when those first absurdities cease to see evil. Oh, that's, a, that's an important point. We're all bugged by evil. We're bugged by it. Oh, what's that? I'm going home now. Look what I find there. I see evil. Oh, I should meet this problem. I should meet these things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're always, ooh, life is groaning and grunting until we get a, a bit of praise. You've got some praise here, praise God, but, uh, but uh, we've got to have one that lasts at home as well, haven't we? See, we groan and grunt because we, we're, we're seeing things that we don't, we wish they were different. It's a wonderful thing not to see evil. It always catches me. I always start that way. Oh, goodness sake, I always start that way. I hate public speaking. Uh, that's my private hell. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's pretty well a hell for you. You have to listen. But that's, that's what I do. Uh, um, but, um, uh, so you see, I always have to say I don't like it. I don't want to do it. It's horrible. I say, well, all right, that's you getting on with it. You're getting all right if you, if you, if you mean this, all right, you do the speaking, and what mistakes I make are your mistakes, it's your fault anyhow, so I'll go to it. <laughs> if, I, if I speak too quickly, it's your fault also. If I speak English, it's your fault also. <laughs> so there we are. So you see, uh, but isn't it a great thing? I find every time, when I see evil, oh, can I enter the absurdity of faith? That looks evil. And God meant it to be because it came out of freedom, which came out of my misuse of myself, so he's not responsible for the evil. It came out of my misuse of freedom. But because I'm all his precious people, and because he's everywhere, he says, okay, because I'm the redeemer God, I, I, I mean that to be, I mean that to be a thing in which I'm going to show myself a new way. I'm seeing a perfect God going to come out in perfect situations in a horrible situation. Oh, you find a tremendous victory. It's, it sinks it to me. Well, I, I, I will not see evil. It's there. But my seeing is to be God's seeing. Itself sees evil. It's the devil sees evil. It's there. But you see, he's the person who redeems from evil. He's the person who transforms evil into good. He transforms sinners and saints, doesn't he? So, you see, if I can begin to catch habit, it's a tremendous release. Oh, 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 no, I'm not seeing that. 
God meant that to be, God meant a wrong thing to be wrong. But, uh, uh, because uh, that's our freedom. But he's there because he's going to change that wrong thing to a right one. He's going to put redemption in there. To me that makes a great difference in accepting people. That's why the word meaning means so much to me. See, if we all have difficult people, haven't we? Of course, we're never difficult. It's always the other fellow. We know that. Um, we're surrounded by difficult people. Now, if I see the difficulty, well, if I even say, God changed them, I'm still seeing a difficulty. If I say, God meant the difficulty, oh. If a kid, or, or an adult, has gone way off, because adults go way off as well as kids, uh, have gone way off. Uh, if it may, may be uh, us seeing things in our children, or our children seeing things in us, whichever way you like, way off. Now, oh, I wish it wasn't. If I could say, God, you meant that person to be just like that now, I'm released. You meant that person to be fulfilling their self just now in sin, if necessary. We all start that way. You meant it. Oh, because you meant them to be themselves, but you're there right in that self, and you're going to use that thing to turn them back into yourself. Now I'm released. I haven't got to fuss. I haven't got to fuss at them because they've gone wrong. I've got to accept they've gone wrong. And if may, I may be, if I'm able to say so, if it's a thing in which I can tell a person they say so. But in saying it, I say, God's going to change you. When an atheist comes to talk to me, I don't try and change his atheism. I say, okay, if you enjoy your atheism, go to it. I see the tired of it. When you had enough food, I'll tell you a better way. I don't try and change the atheism. I say, enjoy your atheism while you can. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when you had enough, I'll give you, a I'll give you some theism in this place. <laughs> so you release people. Uh, I, always, I, I always do that. Uh, when people come to me with problems, don't come to me with a problem, because I say, you're the problem. <laughs> so, why do I say that? Because you're seeing problem, that's why. I don't say that it isn't a problem, you're seeing it as a problem. That's why you bring it as a problem. If you say, okay, it looks like a problem, God meant this. God meant that book and situation, my wife to be like that, my husband to be like that, and so on. God, all right, God, you meant it to be like that now. I accept that. Uh, I don't like it, I accept it. And there may be times, of course, I say when you say something, but I'm here with saying, God, you're there, you're doing a changing job. You're, you purpose to change that person. I'm with you there. I'm thanking God, by the word of faith, that's settled. That person's changed, they don't know it yet. That person's saved, they don't know it yet. That's the release. So the, the problem is in, is in the, the person who sees it as a problem, not the problem. My point? So be careful. Uh, you're the problem. And um, um, when, you know, when a person comes to me all, all fussed up about their husbands or vice versa, I say, I'm not fussed about them, them I'm fussed about you. Uh, and when they say, will you pray with me? I say, no, I won't pray with you. I won't, won't waste my time. I don't know you, don't know you. I won't pray with you. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you that what's wrong is you're seeing devil as they're seeing God. Now, if you have faith, and you can say with me now, God, you, my husband's precious, if it's a wife's husband, my husband's precious to you. He's been bought by his, the blood of Christ. He's redeemed, doesn't know it. He just doesn't know who he is. He's precious to you. And your love, you're pressing in on people. So I'm believing you're pressing in on my husband, even in his alcoholic condition, whatever it is. Now, when you say that, I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say it with you. I won't pray with you. I'll say with you, if you want, God, I'm here with believing, thanking you, my husband, what you meant it to be at the moment, but I'm watching now, the change is there, and the change is going to come to place. And I accept that fact, that, that, that this, this revolution is, is, uh, has taken place by faith in that person. That's the release. So I say there are no problems on earth. 
Uh, there's no hunger left for us. Uh, nothing for us to get, just to enjoy. <laughs> Great life. That's it. One last thing is, um, can I take the privilege of a personal commission? I think I'm correct in saying, you see, we're not under law, there's no more left. We are the law. You know that. The law, we died to the law. Read Romans 6, 7. We dead to the law. The law is only there when I'm a you ought person. When I'm a, I think I'm independent, I think I ought to do that. So I said, okay, do it. So the, the laws are right to me. And I say, when I, you ought to do so and so. But I don't do anything. All I ought to do is leave Jesus to do it. So uh, uh, if the law comes out, I say, you, 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 knock, you, you, you talk to Jesus, don't talk to me. Because I'm, I'm Jesus in my human flesh. See, I don't answer. So there's no more law. So, uh, you see, we are the law. The law of God, he said, law, is the principle of love. That's the, the law of the universe, is a person who is love. And we're, the, we're united, we're persons who are love with him, so we are the law now. So we don't, we're not under the law, we don't obey the law, we are the law. Uh, that's what we got. So when we're tempted, when we're tempted, don't come back and say, Lord, give me love. Say, I'm love with you, Lord, with you I'm loving. Come back always to the I am, the I am position from your temptations. Uh, now, um, therefore, we're not under the law. We have, what can we call imperatives? That's, how it, that, that, that's the commands. The commands aren't law. Commands are, that's the only way it works. That's what the, therefore the redeemed, that's the only way, of course that's the only way you agree. Um, you, don't, you don't say you're under the law you, that, that, that you come to, come to this weekend, you agree. You're under sort of command, you've got to take your meals at the right time and so okay. A command is just what you agree with, it's different. Now I'm only saying this, um, I think, that the, the, uh, the commission life is something we, we voluntarily accept. The commission life, the, can I take this, is um, where, the, where the Holy Spirit, he has done so many of our lives, has come to us and says, this is a thing I'll do by you. See, a commissioned life is a local life, that's why it's a body life. Spirit life, spirit can go anywhere. Spirit can reach out and believe anything anywhere. That's the glory of this wonderful uh, 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 adventure of faith we live in. We can turn anything into faith. The word of faith can be operated on any level, thank God. Spirit universal. Body is not. Body is local. So a, a commission is a local is a, is a body commission. Now it's the, uh, it means the spirit coming a very primitive way to you and me, saying, "Now uh, there's something I'll do by you. There's something I'll do by you." Uh, I go and do it by you. It's a sense of commission. I am sure this is meant to be for all lives. It depends how far I see it. It doesn't come from me. The commission comes from him. See, this, this life is an easy life because it's a driven life. We're, it's the Holy Spirit takes us this way. Uh, into this third area where you're for others. It isn't you. You can't help yourself. Isn't that so with most of us here? Uh, from my early life, when I first found Christ, and then I made a battle about three months after about a girl. Uh, and uh, she was a good girl, and we had a good friendship, and she didn't want to follow the Lord. And the Lord said, drop her. That cost me something. It cost me more than that salvation. When I said yes to that, and the girl went out, which is blessing for her, I'm sure, and for me, um, uh, uh, Christ got a hold of me. It was just when I was going into the army in World War I. I couldn't help myself. The moment Christ got hold of me like that, and I saw I had eternal life. And it's heaven or hell, I had eternal life. I was going, my whole crowd of soldiers were going to have a year's training. They were going to the front, as we said in those days. And uh, many of us would say we'd be dead in a year's time. I, I got to get eternal life to them. I was driven. I had to go and witness to the officers and witness to the soldiers, and so I had to do it. 
an awful life I found, haven't you? I can't have it. I'm under a compulsion that by some means my life may be some way in which other people may find Jesus Christ. That's, 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 so the, the third area is a, a drive. It isn't to me. I always like that scripture in Ezekiel 36. It's worth marking down. Verse 37 something where it says, uh, I'll put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my ways. You don't try to walk. You've got to walk. The Holy Spirit, he makes you walk. If you sleep, he picks you up and puts you back again. That's all. I don't mind slipping into a by road if I know where the main road is. I just come back again. That's all. So you've got to walk. Uh, I like Paul's love of Christ constrains me. So a commission is, is not something I get. It's not something I get. It's something that gets me. Do you get that? Uh, it's, it's got me. I can't help it. Now the point of commission is uh, God saying to you, this I do by you. This I do by you. That's the highest privilege you can have. This certain thing. Now many of you know me in our lives. I've had them again and again in my life. This I do by you. Now that's action. That's when my body goes into action. Alright, I go and do it. Whether it's a witnessing or sacrificing, whatever activity it is. Now you dear friends have formed up this, this conference. God says, this I do by you. It's cost you a year's hard work. This I do by you. And so on. Um, now this, this is what the Bible speaks of as intercession. Now, in the, in, the, in the this I do by you, there's always, a, there's always a, 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 what's equivalent to a death, as a sacrifice. There's a law of sacrifice that operates. Uh, Jesus made it of nature. All nature, we eat, we live by what's died for us. All this world's built on you, you live by what dies for you. And so Jesus said, if a corn of wheat calls, falls gone and dies, it abides alone. Uh, unless it dies, it abides alone. It's just a corn of wheat. If it falls on the ground and die, then uh, if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Our death comes resurrection. So, um, in, these, in these commissions, there's a, a giving of myself to its finishing. Now, do you understand what I mean? Some of you know this in your life. I believe it's God's purpose for every one of us to know it. Have a sense. That's what I mean. God puts me there. All right, God, I'm in for that. I give myself. I lay down my life for it. This is this. I'm, 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 I'm poured out on that thing. It may be temporary or it may be a life thing. Some of us it's been a life thing. Other things arise. And you'll find along the way somewhere comes a death. You, you pay a price, there's a death in it, and out of that comes a life. Uh, and the life is, is, is God's purpose to complete through that, through that what's called intercession. Uh, I mean, if I may just a little illustration, many for them, in my own life. A little thing, but there's a death. I remember when I had the, went to college after World War I. Now, we hadn't got too much work because our brains had gone to seed for five years. So they more or less gave us degrees on a platter. You just took them. And, uh, I like that kind of college. Um, uh, so we had plenty of time. Now, I was on fire for Christ. In our university, there were very few. We had not a single professor, dons as we call them, not a single professor would follow us. We had a little group of men uh, who, who were, were on fire for Christ, just, and, and we used to witness. Uh, so I really gave my time to witness. My t uh, time to witness. It often cost me because they were mostly men who had been sophisticated in the war. They were ex, ex majors or sometimes colonels and people who messed about with the world. Not in ours, uh, and they'd come up later in life, 23, 24, to get this college thing through. But I used to go and <laughs> that's not, it cost me to go around this witnessing. What I'm going to say is this: I had this commission. I got to get Christ to these uh, these fellow students. Um, and then the Holy Spirit suddenly said to me, um, uh, there was a great need in Africa at that time. 
great shortage. There had been the war, for five years there had been no people in Central This was right in the heart of Africa, Central Africa. Uh, I was needed then to join the man whom I did join, C.T. Stanley, Heart of Africa, the, the recruits for need. Would I go to Heart of Africa? Well, I only had two more terms to do. What are you call, I think, I don't know what you call them. Um, um, we call them term time, uh, terms. Uh, forgotten your names. We had just two, two that's all, to, to finish this thing all, only two terms. I had just to go uh, from, from January to June, that's all. But here this call came. Uh, would I go? I didn't want to go. I wanted at least have the reputation of getting his degree. I only had to wait six months. The Holy Spirit said, well, they need you now, will you go? I didn't like that. And my folks around me didn't like that, because it was losing earthly reputation. But in the end, I couldn't help it. And so in the end, I remember saying, all right, God, oh, okay, I'll, okay, I'll go. And I made my transaction with the, the university authorities that I, that I leave. Now, I tell you, when you get a commission, and a commission means I give myself to it and you pay a price. There is a death in it, but there's surely life. Now my commission at that time had been to seek to win some of these men in the University of Jesus Christ and, we, uh, and, and to begin some, some kind of Christian union which is there. Now, during the last two couple of weeks I was there, I had to learn before I leave, left, uh, I had a kind of calling for me to go around the various men I knew who didn't know Christ and be perfectly plain with them. Christ never seen him again. My various friends, of course, I had Christian contacts too. And I did it. And God began to work in lies. And then quite suddenly, about a week before I left, I suddenly came to my mind, here, we ought to have this kind of witness of Christian in every university. The whole world, every college used to have, used to have, should have its witnesses. In those days, as far as I knew, this was a good many years ago, there wasn't such a thing going. It suddenly came to us, let's get some students together from other colleges in England, and let's start up something which is a kind of united witness together, a work that Christ would do in our, in our universities. And so we called together, three men, men, men of us, what we then called the InterVarsity Conference. Now that was the birth of the InterVarsity Fellowship. So out of that dying to a little thing for myself has come something which has spread around the world since. Then I went out to the mission field. So you see, here's a principle. Uh, as a commission, you give yourself to it, you go into action, and some, you, you, the, Lord, the Lord takes you through whatever sacrifice and death is, is in it, and out of it comes a harvest. A harvest is inevitable. That's all I need to say about it. Intercession means a commission. The, the, you, uh, you, uh, uh, the Bible says uh, Jesus made intercession. He poured out his soul on death and made intercession. Uh, made intercession, out of that comes the harvest. He ever lives able to say to the uttermost, ever live because he makes intercession. If any can catch it, it's a great principle. You've got a commission, God gave you it. You can't help it. <laughs> You're in it. Okay, God, in I go. I'll pay, I'll do it. What I've got to do, work, tramp, sac sacrifice, break, give my home up, give whatever, whatever cost, I'm in it. And whatever death comes along, yes, that's my honour and glory, if it may be for your sake. Uh, but the, uh, the, 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 the fruit is going to come. A prayer may, an intercession must. The fruit's going to come. This thing's going to come to pass that you commission me to, 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 see, to see happen. That's a commission. It sets a purpose. Now, if I understand it right, that's, many of you know it in different ways. In different, God comes to each of us and says, no, I'll put this thing through you. And there's a glory when you, when you catch on to it. I'm in this thing now, and there's a price, it's the glory of paying the price, and God's going to bring the thing through. Uh, this is what's meant by the, 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 the body in action. The Spirit of God coming through our bodies uh, in uh, the, the reaping the harvest, whatever for it may be. Well, I must be stopping now.
That's why, if we can take it, to me, I know no greater statement in Scripture than this. If you take it, it's in Isaiah 53. For it pleased the Lord to bruise him, not bless him. Don't come for blessing, come for bruising. Oh God, what a glory if I may be beaten up for Jesus. Oh, that's the glory. I lived with a man like that in Africa, seated stud, England's great cricketer. Cricket's like baseball, only better, so. Um, uh, but, um, uh, so he was a famous man. Sold up his cricket for Jesus, after winning some of the cricketers for, Jesus, for, for Christ first. He had a big fortune, poured that in, poured out his life to go to the mission field, broken his health, picked up in broken health, went again to Africa when he was, when he was past 50. Um, his wife was an invalid, so she remained at home. She picked up from her bed by faith, and they, they lived apart for 16 years. While she got busy getting recruits, who I was one, to go out to Africa, and he got busy getting the gospel to the Africans. Poured out for Jesus. The only thing I know about him was this, um, that he, yeah, he used to say, Oh, I have one regret. I haven't got anything more to sacrifice to Jesus. He sold it all. Um, and my wife was his, his youngest daughter. He sold everything for Jesus. I remember that last night we had in his little bamboo hut in Africa. We knew we shouldn't see him again. We had, we had to go home. His wife had died at home. And uh, we had to take on the responsibility at the home end. And we, we were just saying goodbye. He was, he was uh, 70 years of age, every day being poured out for Jesus, preaching the gospel to the Africans. Had a harvest about 70,000 of them now, of course, wasn't it, those days. Uh, and there he was in his little sort of uh, camp bed where he slept. We were with him until about 3 a.m. And all he owned were the few things in, in, in the few steel trucks. You have to have steel trucks to keep the termites off. Just a few clothes, and few, uh, he was to keep it. We were all oh, miles from, a thousand miles from, there were no, no cars in those days. A thousand miles from Khartoum, a thousand miles away was our main, main city. And you had to do by foot or by cycle. Um, and, uh, there, and so he kept a, can, uh, he kept a, a, a tin box full of canned goods. He, he, they were sent for him. He wouldn't use them. He'd give them out to invalid, mission, sick missionaries. He'd send them out to sick missionaries. And that's all he had. And his other goods, he, he, he used to hang by strings uh, like a, a, a hardware shop. Uh, he played the guitar, which he used for the songs. Different things hang by strings from his roof. This was his, this was his home. That's all he had. And I remember the last thing Pauline was his youngest daughter. He was saying goodbye. He said, Paulie, he said, you know, I'd like to give you something. But he says, the fact is, I've given it all to Jesus long ago. You know how tremendous fathers give, they, they have? Who, who, the, the, the wealth he gives you is the wealth of giving yourself for Jesus. <laughs> well, I must be stopping. But could you get that? Isn't that wonderful? It pleased the Lord to bruise him. God was delighted to have a son who would take it. A son who could die. Delighted to have a son who could take it by the indwelling power of the Spirit. So can we. We've got the same power. We can take it. And you, you we do take it. We are taking it, aren't we? But isn't that a glorious thing? God, could you give me a bit of that? He has for some of you. Could you give me that privilege to be a bruised person for Jesus that out of my bruising comes life to the world? Isn't that tremendous? That's the highest standard I can offer you. It pleased the Lord. And he's done something for us. Thank God we're made to do a bit more. Uh, I'm only starting now. I'll get a little bit more. Well, that's all. <laughs> Wonderful. And so we say that's like that, and um, um, I'm convinced, being confident, I say this last thing Paul said, be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen.